Okay, so today I wanted to learn the Fabrengen that we gave, uh, last Fabrengen that we gave on Tishabov, uh, which was a similar setup to this year, where Tishabov falls out on, uh, on Shabbos. The. Um, you want me to send you a link? I'll send the link. Okay. These days are especially connected to the coming of Mashiach. In addition to the fact that a Yid believes and he waits for Mashiach every day, that's the meaning of a chakali b'chulim means I'll wait for Mashiach to come, not just I wait for him to come someday, but I wait for him to come today. Especially in this time, where we have all the signs of Mashiach's coming. So it's, and especially this is true in the month of Av, as the Medish says that why did the lion destroy the lion in the month of the lion? It's only in order that the lion should rebuild the lion in the month of, in the, month of the lion. Why did Hashem, who was called the lion, allow the king of Hanetzar to destroy the lion, the Yisminish is called the lion, in the month of Av, which is also called the lion? It's an, only in order for Mashiach to come and for the Beis HaMesh to be rebuilt. That's the whole point of the destruction of the Beis HaMesh in the first place. So that means that when will the when third Beis HaMesh be rebuilt? Be rebuilt in, the, in the month of Av. In fact, that's the whole point of the destruction. And that's why the custom is, what do we call this month? Menachem Av. We call, we, before we say the word Av, we say Menachem that this indicates that this month will be the month where the comfort of the Gula will come. The comfort for, for all the things that happened in the month of Av, all the negative things that happened in the month of Av, that we're going to experience in this month the comfort for them. In the month of Av itself, this is especially emphasized on the ninth of Av, both because of the day itself and because of the way it falls out this year on Shabbos. What does it say about the ninth of Av Mechamonachai? What positive thing do we know about that? Um, it was the day that Mashiach was born. Right. And that happens again every year on the ninth of Av. And on the day when you're born, what do you have when you're, on the day you're born? What do you have on your birthday? Mazel. You have more mazel. So on the ninth of Av, who has more mazel? Mechamonachai. Who has more mazel on the ninth of Av? I don't know. Me. Okay, I'm if, if you have more mazel on your birthday, and Mashiach yeah, is born on the ninth of Av, right. so, so who is buried in Grant's tomb? I'm sorry, Mashiach has more mazel on the ninth of Av. <laughs> so, and this is Nagea Ta'alacha, this is pertinent Ta'alacha. How does this affect Ta'alachas? Because it says that in Tisha B'av, in the afternoon, we recite the Tfil of Nachim. Why do we recite that Tfil only then? Because that's when Mashiach is born, whose name is Menachem. So when Tisha B'av falls out on Shabbos and the fast is pushed off, the Abbas says, what's pushed off? Only the negative, only the fast is pushed off. Only the avails is pushed off. But the positive element, the fact that it's Mashiach's birthday, the mazel of Mashiach, that's not pushed off. It's not even weakened, Chas Hashem. On the contrary, not only is it not weakened, the good things that happen on Tisha B'av are more revealed and stronger on Shabbos. Why? Because everything that was created in the world was created for who? For the Jewish people. 
So it's impossible that something should happen in the world that should take away, that Hashem set up the world in a way that the calendar is in this and this way, and, th- and, and that should cause the Jewish people to lose something. So how much more so we shouldn't lose the birth of Mashiach, the Mazel of Mashiach, that can't be taken away. So especially it doesn't make sense to say the whole world is created for the Jewish people. It doesn't make sense to say that the world, something happening in the world, should take something away from the, from the Jewish people because the world was made for us. How much more so doesn't it make sense to say that Shabbos should take something away from us. Why? Shabbos is a unique relationship to Jewish people. It says that every day of the week has a, a shidduch, has a, has a spouse. Sunday is married to Monday, Tuesday to Wednesday, Thursday to Friday. Shabbos has no spouse. So the Abishah says, I'm going to give Shabbos to the Jewish people because they also have no other nation. They have no sister nation. They're, they're, they're alone. So the Abisha gave the day of the week that has no shidduch to the Jewish people. So it cannot be that our special day that's associated with us should take away something from us. Right. So on the contrary, uh, instead of Shabbos pushing it away, Adrabah, Shabbos pushes away just the negativity, the fasting, the things which are the opposite of the Geula. But Shabbos reveals even more the Geula elements of Tisha B'av, and the birth of the Mazel Mashiach is even more revealed. And that's emphasized also by the name of, of the Shabbos. What do we call the Shabbos? The Shabbos uh, not, not Nope. <coughs> okay. Shabbos, um, the secret's hidden in the book somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Shabbos Chazain. Shabbos Chazain, because this is the Shabbos where Hashem shows every Jew the third base of Mingdash. The famous marshal, the Medichever, about a father bought a son a suit, and the son did not want to take care of it. So his father buys him a third suit after he ruins the first two, yeah. and he shows it to him, and he says, then you'll get this, get this when you deserve it. So similarly, Hashem built a third base Amigdash, and it exists in Shemayim. And this Shabbos, the Abishter shows it to every single Jew. The reason, by the way, a suit is used as an example, instead of, let's say, Tesla, is because just like a, a suit... No, that's not the reason. The real reason is because just like a suit is tailor made to tailor made to your size, so too the revelation that happens in the Shabbos is something which is very relevant and very personal. Just like a garment that's tailor made to, to fit you. So that's why the goal over here is that the father sh- shows his son the suit and he's expecting his son not just to be able to take care of the suit for a little bit, but to be able to always wear the suit forever and never again need, need to, any other reminders. The, the power of the Shabbos is not just that we should uh, be in a Mashiach like a mood, but that we, that, that, we should, that we should live with Mashiach in a natural way so that Mashiach can actually come. So, therefore, this halacha on the afternoon of Shabbos, uh, that when you have the Suda Mavsekas, usually there's always halachas so how you eat the Suda before Tishabav. Here the halacha is you could eat the same meal that Solomon had. On th- when the fast day falls on the Shabbos, not only is there, not only do we push off the negative thing, not only is there no fasting, but there's an emphasis on joy and pleasure. You're supposed to have more food this Shabbos than you do on a regular Shabbos. In order to, there shouldn't be any thought that there's a, of any mourning on Shabbos, you have to have more. Why is that? Because what's the inner dimension of a fast? To uh, cleanse you. To, to give an offering to our blood. Which causes a... Which causes a... Pain. 
day of divine grace. So the inner purpose of the fast is that it should be revealed as a yantif, as it will be revealed when Mashiach will come. So on, when the fast falls on on Shabbos, you see that there's something positive here, that all the negativity, all the fasting is pushed out to the negative, to the next day, but not the good part of the fast. The fact that Shabbos is a day of divine grace, that's, it's a day connected to Geula, so the, the day of, because when you fast, you cause it to be a day of divine grace, Shabbos doesn't need the fasting for that to happen. On the contrary, Shabbos reveals that without the fasting. Um, and to the extent that the fact that, the act, the fact that we're not fasting the Shabbos, as we discussed many times, gives us the power to completely push off the fast that there's no, no need to ever fast. This actually is connected with... Um, you hear the general concept over here? It, it's, it's Mashiach's birthday. And instead of Mashiach's birthday being a day where you're fasting and hoping Mashiach to come and, and, you're, and you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're waiting and you're crying... This Shabbos, you're eating a full meal. You're enjoying. You're drinking. You're saying l'chayim. Why is that? This Shabbos, we get a taste of how things will be when Mashiach will come. That That's what it's about. So it's similar to Yom Kippur. It says if anybody fasts on the day before, I'm sorry, anyone eats on the day before Yom Kippur, on the ninth of Tishrei, what does it say about him? Oh. So, first of all, Yom Kippur and, and Tisha are very, are very connected to each other. How so? Bechlal, in general, everything that the, our rabbis instituted has something similar to the biblical source where it comes from. Fasting comes from the Torah, and the Chacham instituted the fast of Tisha B'av. So, among all the four fasts that the rabbis instituted, the one that's the most similar to Yom Kippur is Tisha B'av. In fact, there are, the Mishnah lists... Uh, only very, only very few differences that 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 uh, the, the, between Yom Kippur and Tishbav that you can't work on 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 uh, you can't do any malacha on Yom Kippur. But essentially, they're the same idea. How are they the same idea? What's the purpose of Tishbav? Purpose of Tishbav is Bias Mashiach. That's why we celebrate the fifteenth of Av. The fifteenth of Av is the day when the moon is full, and our Jewish people compared to the moon, and just like. On the um, the moon gets full, so too the fifteenth of every month is when our light is full. But all other months, the fifteenth of the month is not as it doesn't have as much light as this as this fifteenth. Why not? Because all other months the the moon's renewal is connected to the moon's abs- the moon's disappearance. It's a yurida tzerachaliyah because the moon is hidden. Now there's a new higher revelation. Every descent is the purpose of an ascent. But all the months, the Yerida isn't that great. The descent isn't that, that big. The Tishabav, since it's the greatest Yerida, it's the greatest descent, so the, the revelation of the 15th of Av is connected not just to a Simcha that follows the descent, but to the Simcha of B'yas HaMashiach. That's what the Gemara says, that what's the greatest Yant that Jewish people have? And? No? Very close. It's a day that's like Purim. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur and Purim are, sorry, Yom Kippur is connected to the 15th of Av. Why? What happens in Yom Kippur? That's in the Kabbalah. On Yom Kippur, there's an elevation of Malchus, the Primis Atik, an elevation of all of creation to the innermost, highest levels of godliness, similar to Bias Mashiach. That's what the 15th of Av is also. 15th of Av is revelation of Bias Mashiach. That's what, that's what it's about. So, 
actually, you know, we, we, we're going to read now seven Haftaris. After this Shabbos, seven Haftaris about Biyas HaMashiach. When do we finish the seven Haftaris? Rosh Hashanah. What's the perfection of Rosh Hashanah? What's the inner light of Rosh Hashanah? Yom Kippur. Yeah, that's a lot of, I feel like I'm being quizzed right now. <laughs> I gotta be honest. And you're not even I'm giving me right. multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really enjoying this, is, this at this all. This is called fill in the blanks. We're the blanks. Fill in, you know? Okay, I won't uh, grill you anymore. Yom Kippur is the inner dimension of Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur is the inner inner soul of Rosh Hashanah. So it comes out that from the 15th of Av and on, we're heading straight for Yom Kippur. Straight for Yom Kippur. The, the, we read seven Haftaris about the, the comfort of the Geula until we reach Rosh Hashanah, and the inner dimension of Rosh Hashanah is Yom Kippur. So on Shabbos Tishabov, we see the inner virtue of the nine, the, the nine days, and we see the inner virtue of the Tishabov itself. So it comes out on Tishabov, we have something similar to Yom Kippur. You know, Yom Kippur is a time of revelation of B'yas HaMashiach, when the, when the Yechida, the spark of Mashiach every Jew is revealed, you have something similar to that on this Shabbos. This Shabbos is revelation of the Mashiach, and that's why we're celebrating, even though it's Tishba. So just like it says about the ninth of Tishrei, that if you eat a ninth of Tishrei, it's like you've, it's like you've fasted two days. So similarly, we're eating on the ninth of Av, the Shabbos, and eating ninth of Av, well, not only will give us the virtue that will uh, as if we fasted for two days, but as if we wouldn't be able to eat for two days. In the schus of, you know, of celebrating Shabbos, so we won't need to fast on Yom Kippur. And instead, Yom Kippur, I mean, we we'll need to fast, well, actually, officially every fast uh, will be nullified when Mashiach will come, except for one, fast of Yom Kippur. But there was one Yom Kippur that wasn't kept. You know about that? I'm sorry. There was one Yom Kippur that wasn't kept, which, when they... And they built the first base of Megdash, they didn't keep Yom Kippur. They celebrated the eight on Yom Kippur. So similarly, this year, we're going to eat on, on Shabbos, and we're going to continue eating on Sunday, because Mashiach comes on Shabbos. And automatically, instead of being like on Yom Kippur, if, if you eat on the ninth of Tishra, it's like you fast for two days, we're going to eat on the ninth of Av, and continue eating on the tenth of Av, especially because the tenth of Av this year is on Sunday, and the Sunday was, every Sunday mirrors the first day of creation, where Hashem is alone, is, and, and there's no one besides Him. So similarly, there's a, there's a revelation of godliness that is associated with, with the Sunday. What? No, we're going to have... If, 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 uh, I don't think um, you're uh, with us over here. We're talking about B.S. and Mashiach. B.S. and Mashiach means we're going to eat only Yos and Shirabir on Sunday. Okay. Okay. This year, the first day of the three weeks and the last day of the three weeks were positive days. They were not negative days. They were both. It started with Shabbos and ends with Shabbos. And it's a mitzvah to have pleasure on Shabbos. And since we wait for Mashiach every day, so to, the day after Shabbos is not a fast. And even if Chas it is a fast, the three week thing finished on Shabbos. It was the three weeks were over on Shabbos. So. This emphasizes the inner meaning of the three weeks. The three weeks correspond to the three madregas of intellect. It says that there are ten lands of Israel. Seven of them were conquered. And, and three of them, the last three, will only be conquered when Mashiach will come. Those three are correspond to Chochm Bina and Das, the highest of the ten spheres. So the power 
of the three weeks, of the calamities of three weeks, is that it allows us to have the coming Mashiach where we're going to conquer not just the first seven lands that we had already in history, but the, but the last three. And that's why throughout these three weeks, the three parshas that we've read, Pinchas, Matas, Masi, and Dvarim, all have the same concept. Conquering the land of Israel, dividing the land of Israel, the borders of the land of Israel. And in, within those parshas, we're not just talking about the seven lands, but also the, 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 the new three. So, this idea of Mashiach's birth on Tisha B'Av is especially connected to the parsha that we're going to begin reading on Mincha tomorrow. Why, tomorrow we're going to begin reading by Mincha Veschanan. What's Veschanan? Veschanan is Moshe Rabbeinu begging Hashem to, to, to uh, go to Israel. So, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu davened and Hashem refused him. And yet we read about this every year. Why are you reading about this? Reading something negative. Moshe davened, Hashem didn't answer him. Whatever has happened, has happened. So the Rebbe says, it's obvious that Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillahs exist throughout all time and, and they certainly have a power and they certainly will be fulfilled. It says, Bechlal, it says in general, and whenever a tzad decrees something, God fulfills it. How much more so the prayer of Moshe Rabbeinu. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands, whatever Moshe Rabbeinu did with his hands lasts forever. That's why the Mishkan lasts forever. How much more so Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah. And especially how many Moshe Rabbeinu davened 515 prayers, the numerical equivalent of the word Eschanon, to, to, to go to Israel. If we would have the merit, Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah would have been fulfilled then, and, the, and then would have been, at that time, we would have gone to Israel for the everlasting Gula. But whatever reason, it didn't happen at that time. But it doesn't mean his tefillahs didn't have an effect. On the contrary, Moshe Rabbeinu said this tefillah 515 times, for sure it lasts forever. It's, and it will be fulfilled, his tefillahs will be answered when Mashiach will come, and they still exist. Moshe Rabbeinu is called the first and last redeemer. That means the Geula is powered by him. So his tefillahs are what bring the Geula. They exist. So it's not that he just davened then and it stopped. His tefillahs still exist and still have an effect on the Ebershter. And this gives us a great instruction for, for all generations. Moshe Rabbeinu began his tefillah with the words, you began to show your servant your greatness. That means although Meshach Rabbeinu, uh, he knew what he was davening for. He knew that Hashem already said, you're not going to Israel. And yet he said, I'm going to ask anyways. And how did Meshach Rabbeinu have the gall to ask anyways when God said, Don't, I'm not gonna, this is not going to happen? Meshach Rabbeinu learned from the time of uh, the, um, the, breaking of, the breaking of the tablets. Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem to forgive the Jewish people for the sin of the golden calf. And Hashem, why do you ask Hashem to forgive us? Because Hashem said, leave me alone. Moshe said, oh, leave you alone. I'm not holding on to you. If you say leave me alone, it means that I could do something over here. So similarly, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, knew that if Hashem made it gzera, that, that, that doesn't mean that, that there's no possibility of talking to Hashem. On the contrary, he continued to daven 515 times, which the 550 times correspond to the Olvish Shluss because there's, uh, there's 15... Levels within the 500 levels of Ashtalshalos, each Rakia seven times. Won't get into that. But maybe he'll be successful in convincing Hashem to let him go into Israel. What do you think Meshavinu did after Hashem said though, that I don't ask anymore? The Rebbe said it makes sense to say it's a, it's a, big, it's a very doubtful whether Meshavinu accepted that. Because there's a rule in the Gemara if you're at someone's house, you'll listen to what your, what your host says, except for one thing. If your host says, leave, don't leave. So, how much more so? 
the, if Hashem was the true master, Hashem is the real host, and he tells Meishmenu leave, you can't go to Israel. It makes sense to say that Meishmenu had mysterious nefesh, and he continued to daven to go to Israel. And even if Meishmenu Rabbeinu uh, would have been successful to go into Israel himself, he wouldn't have gone by himself. He is a true rabbi, a true, a true leader. He wouldn't leave his students behind. So. So, same is also in regards to the Meisha Bain of every generation until the Friedrich Rebbe, in regards to the Meisha Bain of every single Jew, that whatever amount of tefillahs that each of us has said to bring the Geula, we cannot be satisfied with them, but to continue to ask Hashem Admasa and bring the Geula. And it's certainly that this tefillah will be fulfilled immediately. And just like it says in the, the, the word Veschanan means a free gift, so we're asking Hashem to give us this free gift which is beyond whatever we deserve with the, with the coming of Mashiach. This is especially emphasized um, in the time we're in now, time of Tisha B'Av, time of the birth of Mashiach. What the, practically we're talking about is that a Yid believes with the Munah Shlema, the Mashiach Tzedkenu, uh, comes and, and Mashiach Vadai and enters the Shul and takes us to Eretz Yisrael with the third, into the, to the Har HaKodesh, the Beis Hamikdash, the Shulayim, and uh, this is actually kind of taken away my mood a bit. Because if Hashem didn't answer Moshe, <coughs> Moshe was the Moshe. It's just before, before yeah, we could ask the question after the shir. I just want to just go over one, one thing. We'll talk afterwards. Uh, although a yid believes in the coming of Mashiach, the Torah says the Jew has to do something about it. He can't. He can't just believe in the coming of Mashiach. And so therefore, the Rebbe says, although we're talking about how, how this day, the 9th of Av, is such an appropriate time for Mashiach to come, still we need to talk about what has to happen after Shabbos anyways in order to bring Mashiach. So we're supposed to make good resolutions on Shabbos. What are the good resolutions supposed to make this Shabbos? So, Tzim Mishnah Tepada V'Shavad Staka, adding on Terimitzis in general. And all the days until the 15th of Av are a continuation of the 9th of Av. If Mashiach has had Shalom delayed, the Rebbe says, I'm suggesting they should continue to make Siyumim not just till the ninth of Av, but till the fifteenth of Av, which is, and each Siyum should be associated with Tzedakah, it's announced by each, each Siyum, that Siyum Mishtapad, that Tzvesh of Tzedakah, that Siyum will be revealed, be redeemed with Tzedakah, so not just that there should be a Siyum of Torah, there should also be uh, Tzedakah. And on the fifteenth of Av itself, which is, I wanted to mention this, the fifteenth of Av itself, which is, which is this coming Friday, it's worthwhile, in every place there should be a big Fabrengen, gather Jews, men, women, and children, speak words of Torah, and to make a seum, and to give tzedakah, and to make good resolutions to add an all inyanim of terimitzis and all good things. And since the 15th of Av falls out on Friday, which is on Thursday, it's Thursday night, so you can't really... You might have a question, when to make the fabrengen, so you have to make the fabrengen on Thursday night, a huge, a huge simcha, and to emphasize the fabrengen should be with joy and gladness of heart, the Gemara says there is no greater joy than the 15th of Av. It should be similar to the Simch of a wedding. Um, it says about the 15th of Av that Jewish daughters go out to try to find their bashert. And this is especially appropriate time where there's more Shaduchim. Just like Hashem reunites the Jewish people after the 9th of Av, so too it's easier for a chassan and Kal to find each other as Hashem is reuniting with the Jewish people. So since. Um, Deb actually says, oh, last, last point, let you guys go, that the simcha should be without any limitations, as the simple meaning of the words of the Gemara, Ad yada, 
greater than the Simcha of Purim, because just like it says about, um, um, just like it says about, uh, oh, the Gemara says that there's no greater Yantiv in the Simcha of uh, the 15th of Av, that means that's be a Simcha bigger than the Simcha of Purim, bigger than the Simcha of Simcha Steira, and continue to ha- have Simcha beyond all limitations until we come to the main Simcha of the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately. I was waiting for a Jew, the Rebbe says, to ask Hashem on Masai and bring it down. Chaim.